Chapter 11. Like reruns, only better. The dark of night settled over camp, but Adam couldn't sleep. His mom brought him dinner and left again. He shoved the plate away, untouched. Left to his own thoughts, he began to fume at the injustice. He hadn't even stolen the coin, yet he was punished for it. He frowned, trapped in a hot tent, listening to birds chitter in the trees and the cicadas begin their nightly song. On the other side of camp, voices talking and laughing seemed to whirl away. Stomping outside his window captured his attention, but he rolled to his side and pulled a pillow over his ears. Go away! He yelled. The stomping became more insistent. Zeus's gym shorts! What do you want? Sitting up angrily, he threw the pillow aside. I'm not allowed to come out, you know. Whatever you want, you have to talk to me through the walls of my canvas prison. An impatient snort caught his attention followed by what sounded like a centaur stampede. Adam bolted up. Neff? Is it you? He unzipped his window as fast as he could. The Kelpie stood next to it, green eyes flashing in the dark. It is you! You're back! Where have you been? Neff leaned his head into the screen, and Adam reached out to touch it through the mesh. I've been looking for my Cleo. I want you to come with me. I'm grounded, Adam said as he stroked the long nose the best he could through the window. Neff snorted again and shook his head, the blue seaweed flying around his glowing eyes as he did. Grounded? I don't know what that means. But something strange is going on, and I thought maybe you'd want to check it out with me. (sighs) I wish I could. All your humans are having a party over there. You could just sneak out. No one will miss you. Party? Adam was outraged. Why? They're all excited about the coin that says Atlantis. Like, that's big news. I could have told them that. If it weren't for me and Clancy, they wouldn't even know about Atlantis, he said, seething. They don't even believe Atlantis is real. It's only a theory to the logic mongers. I heard you humans don't believe in things you can't see. I believe! Hmm, well, the rest of them have no idea what they're missing. So, are you coming or not? Adam hesitated. He never snuck out, ever. He did his homework without being told, and his mom never had to nag him to do his chores. Then again, he just got grounded for nothing more than telling the truth. Why not? He took a deep breath, still nervous about joining the ranks of the rule breakers. Just, uh, let me get a couple of things. Adam grabbed his backpack, now lying empty on his mom's bed, and jammed in a hoodie, a couple of flashlights, and one of his mom's reference books. It was heavy, and he'd probably regret dragging it around with him, but it might come in handy. He tossed in a few water bottles... Throwing it all in and closing the pack, he lifted the tent flap carefully. He peeked out, bent low. He saw shadows of his mom and others in camp around a campfire, talking and laughing. When he felt sure no one could see him, he slipped out and ran to join Neff in the darkness. Adam couldn't wipe the ridiculous smile off his face as he reached forward to stroke Neff's smooth skin. If the Kelpie looked amazing underwater, it was nothing to how awesome he looked shining under the light of a full moon. Outside the water, his gray skin looked more like the inside of a seashell, shimmering in light greens, blues, and pinks in the soft light. His mane and tail dripped, and he smelled of salt water as he butted his head into Adam's chest in greeting. Should I just climb on? he asked. Neff turned his head and bent it low to grip something on the ground beside him. Clamping it in his teeth, he lifted it and tossed his head so Adam could see the ripped, folded piece of paper. Climb on, but take this first. I thought it might help. He reached forward to take it. Well, what is it? I stole a map from your friend. Clancy? Adam scoffed. (laughs) She's not really a friend. She's more like the girl who let me get into trouble for no good reason. 
No, Neff corrected. I was watching. I saw what happened this afternoon. I think she's a real friend. What? When did you get here? Why didn't you come to get me earlier? Easy there, Lantrol. A few of the minions were around, and it took me a while to lose them. They're watching everything that goes on here. You should tell your mother to be careful. Once they found those coins, minions started swarming the place, hiding out and watching. If they get too close to linking this place with the gates of Atlantis, accidents will start to happen. Adam's throat tightened. What do you mean? Neff started to creep away carefully, the sound of his hooves muffled in the soft dirt and grass. He craned his neck to look Adam in the eye. This isn't a mine. The people who lived here before were another advanced magical society. It's a tunnel leading to the gate which will transport you to Atlantis. And your mother is digging in the remains of the village they left behind when humans attacked. But the tunnel to the gate is flooded now. We passed it underwater before we got away from the losers chasing us, he added eagerly. A rush of confidence jolted through him. Nothing feels better than knowing you're right when everyone said you were wrong. Not bad for a land troll. The two carefully crept out of camp and toward the entrance to the mine. No, the tunnel. A place everyone in camp warned him not to enter. Do you want to see what happened? Wait, what? Adam asked in surprise. I can show you what I know. I can see that? (laughs) Don't get too cocky. I can show anyone. I just happen to like you, for whatever reason. I'm trying to remember exactly why at the moment. Adam grinned. You're not bad yourself for a slimy water beast, he joked. Excuse me? Slimy? Neff bucked up and kicked his front legs wildly while Adam clung to his mane and gripped on the Kelpie's back with his legs. Okay, okay, I'm sorry! You're not slimy! Neff's hooves hit the dirt hard. He stopped bucking and shook himself. You bet I'm not! Adam patted his neck and tried to stop the uncontrollable trembling that overtook him. I'm really sorry. It was just a joke. Can I still see? Neff snorted as they slunk closer to the entrance. Adam didn't know quite what to expect as he waited. He looked up at the stars, so vibrant and bright in the sky now that city lights were so far away. Just when he thought Neff changed his mind and wouldn't show him anything, the stars above him vanished replaced with a vivid blue sky filling rapidly with gray clouds. The acrid smell of smoke filled his nostrils. His skin felt tight and hot on his cheeks, as if he sat too close to a campfire. He looked around, finding himself in the middle of a dusty battlefield. Thousands of people surrounded him on all sides. Flaming arrows shot overhead. Adam expected to hear cries of pain when those arrows hit their mark, but instead they exploded in puffs of purple smoke before they hurt anyone. He spun around. A small group of people stood in the center of hordes of angry people, surrounded on all sides, outnumbered a hundred to one. Stone homes lay in heaps, destroyed by people beating at them with battering rams and sledgehammers. Pottery and dishes lay scattered all over the ground. Shiny new Atlantean coins like the one he held in his hand earlier dotted the earth around him. A woman in a long, gold-belted blue robe faced the group of frightened people. Sunlight glinted off the jeweled headband in her curly black hair. They're afraid of us, and the magic we carry. The time has come for us to go into hiding. We have no choice, a woman in the crowd added, turning to look at the others. The humans fear our magic. What they don't understand, they will destroy. But this is our home, another voice wailed. We can't just leave. The nearby army launched a huge boulder toward them. A few covered their heads and screamed. A man who looked familiar held a trident near the robed woman. 
He took careful aim at the rock and hit it with a stream of green light, which burst from his trident. The boulder exploded and rained down on them as dust and pebbles. The man who destroyed the rock gripped the hand of the woman in blue robes. Oya is right. We must leave. But Oya, you are the keeper of this gate, another desperate voice called out. How will you protect it so they can't follow us through and destroy us? The woman smiled tiredly at them. Just go, she said. I will take care of it. Shango, she turned to the man with the trident. Will you stay and help me? Oya and Shango stood aside, allowing the villagers to run to the tunnel's entrance. More flaming arrows flew at them, and they burst apart in a wisp of purple smoke with a flick of Oya's wrist. Gray clouds continued to build overhead, growing blacker and gathering quickly as the battle raged. What about our things? A boy cried, turning to look before plunging into the tunnel. Just go! Shango boomed. He stood at the mouth of the tunnel after he made sure everyone entered. Oya stood beside him. Feet wide apart, he raised his arms slowly with his trident pointing at the sky. Flames erupted from his staff and shot into the air. Above him, a pitch-black sky roiled angrily overhead. The clouds burst open with violent cracks of lightning. Flashing at the same moment, loud claps of thunder rumbled overhead. Huge raindrops pelted their dark skin as the invading army scattered and ran from the weather. I'll finish here, Shango called to Oya over the sound of thunder and rain. You go take care of the gate. Oya nodded grimly, taking one last look at her home before running down the tunnel. The walls whizzed past her as she ran, and within seconds, far too quickly, she stood at the open gate, watching the last of the villagers climb through. The wooden beams surrounding the gate glowed and hummed. The air around it shimmered. A golden pyramid engraved at the top of the beams flashed with surges of light. With a bowed head, she ran her hands sadly along the sides of the gate. Shango appeared beside her, drenched and clenching his trident firmly. Did everyone go through? Oya nodded. We are the last. He patted her shoulder. We have no choice. You know it has to be done. She nodded with a frown. Yes, I know it should. Shango ducked through, leaving her alone. She spun slowly around the cavern, with its glittering jeweled columns plunging down from the ceiling. I won't close it forever, she whispered to herself. Maybe the upper world won't always mistrust the magic. She raised her hands and shut her eyes, taking one step forward so her feet were on the threshold between the cavern and the world awaiting her through the gate. She twisted her hands and opened her palms. White light shot up, and blue light shot down to connect her with their trident, which glowed and vibrated. The earth around her quaked. She moved through the portal when her trident released one massive burst of magical energy. The room collapsed. As soon as the door clicked shut, water rushed up and rocks came crashing down to cover the gate as the golden light from the pyramid faded. Adam gasped and jerked his eyes open, finding himself on the Kelpie's back, standing still at the entrance to the tunnel. Neff, that was incredible! How did you do that? The sea kelpie snorted. Your story is here, in the dirt and rocks around us, land troll. I just helped you focus a little, so you could see it. Adam wanted to ask so much more, and figure out why Shango looked so familiar to him. But the sound of footsteps drawing near made him freeze. <laughs>